Welcome back to a exclusive episode of $2 Creature Feature. I'm your host, Mr. Ray, and with me today, I have Sam Richardson. Hey, I'm back. We are not doing a director's cut right now. We're actually doing a one-on-one shot, which you should probably have noticed in the title of this. (laughs) So, one-on-one shot. We've talked about this a little bit in our promos, and I'm really excited to do this one. Uh, What they are is they're going to be kind of origin episodes or little snippets that let you know a little bit more about the world outside of, you know, our three heroes. Uh, Sam, do you want to tell us who you're playing as today? Yeah. First of all, super, super excited to be the first one uh, for <laughs> these yeah. one-on-one shots. Uh, I know we've we've talked about it a lot in, yeah, the, the like promos for the stuff. And uh, I'm very excited. I am playing Deacon Baskerville, the Chosen. Deacon is the, actually, can I say who Deacon is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We, we've probably just introduced like him by name. Okay. Cool. Uh, but he didn't give his last name. So now there um, you go. I think, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a big spoiler. Uh, yeah. Deacon is, is a Baskerville. So Deacon is the, as, as of the start of this one shot is the only member of the Baskerville family, which is one of the two founding families of Jupiter hollow. It was the Baskervilles and the Harringtons who established Jupiter hollow. And the Baskervilles are also a sort of uh, monster hunting family, which is Mm -hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. However, um, Deacon is sort of the last one of them. He is the one that was left behind after the Baskervilles had a sort of fight with the children of Typhon. Mm -hmm. And so he is he's kind of trying to to do this all on his own. Yeah, he's definitely by himself, which is it's also funny that you say that, you know, the Baskervilles are a monster hunting family because we also recently learned we learned that in a recent episode that will be coming out before this. Right, right. And obviously similarities between Deacon and Zelda. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm very excited to explore to to hear their relationship on the on the show and and dive deeper into what that means and how that might bring them together or drive them apart. Very curious yeah. to see where that goes. It'll be very interesting. Yeah. Should I describe? Oh, Deacon's pronouns, by the way, are he him, and mm-hmm. my pronouns as a player are also he him. Yes, and my pronouns are he him, but I'll be playing everybody in the world, so um, the pronouns will change of what character. Should I give an overview of what Deacon? looks like should i give an overview of the moves yeah yeah go ahead okay the version of deacon that i am going to be playing is not the one that we see in the show this is deacon back in his early 20s so i'm picturing him about 22 23 he has just just the start of a beard it's like kind of scraggly and bad and he hasn't really learned how to like put it together yet like he doesn't know how to it's it's he only started growing a beard in the last couple of years mm-hmm. and so he doesn't really know what to do with it yet he's also and and correct me if i'm wrong ray but i i believe we're setting this in the 1890s in uh basically like north northeastern america ish yeah yeah it's it's okay. in jupiter hollow as well yeah so deacon is wearing basically like a a white kind of loose linen shirt and a pair of kind of like dark brown not slacks but kind of like work pants he leaves kind of the the top button on his shirt undone 
So it's kind of like loose and flopping around. He's got I, I picture him as very kind of stoic looking. There's there's not any laugh lines around his eyes for sure. Yeah, he looks serious even when he is having a good time, even when things are going well. He looks very deadly serious, which I think is is off putting to a fair number of people. But I think people are also surprised. I think that plays in contrast to how young he is. I think this level of seriousness maybe would be expected from someone that was a bit older, but Deacon seems to already have it. Okay, let me talk about his moves real quick. So Deacon is the chosen, which is basically the Monster of the Week playbook designed for uh, the chosen one. So think like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. His stats are Charm 1, Cool 2, Sharp 1, Tough 1, and weird minus one. His moves are Destiny's Plaything and I'm Here for a Reason, which are the two that you get natively as the chosen. And then I've also picked from from the ones I get to choose from Dutiful, which we'll get into when they come up in play. His special weapon, which every every chosen has, it's mm-hmm. sort of like a halberd, but the, the blade is only on one side. It is enormous. It's about six feet long which makes it just a little bit longer than Deacon is tall, I think. And the tags I've chosen for it are its its form is haft, which is two harm hand heavy. And its business end is artifact, which adds the magic tag, blade, which adds plus one harm, and long, which adds the close tag. And then the material it is made out of is silvered light, which is basically if you were able to trap light within metal, that is what it would look like. Okay, I like it. It's, it sounds like it's even like got an extra like magical like effect to that tip. Which, yes, yeah, yeah. I, I really like that. <laughs> it's good for vampires and werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mind if I give a brief backstory on Deacon up to this point? Yeah, go ahead. Deacon was always raised to be a part of the Baskerville monster hunting family. He didn't really go to school there there was a, a sort of general you know homeschooling practice that allowed him to learn the basics of the world around him but i think like like many families around this time he was kind of needed for the family business and so was was mostly instructed by his parents and by his elder siblings about the practice of monster hunting and i think he probably went on his first monster hunt very young like i think he was probably monster hunting by the time he was like 10 oh wow you know i i think like probably there was a a certain degree of his parents and elder siblings stepping in front of him and making sure that nothing dangerous kind of like got sent his way but he he was out in the field even that young his parents and the baskervilles as a whole and and i think Probably several of the kind of monster hunting factions in this area had been fighting for a long time against a group called the Children of Typhon, which is a group of uh, actually I, you you are probably the the person that is better at explaining that. I've kind of touched on them in the other in the the main feed, I guess. Mm-hmm. The Children of Typhon are organization kind of a secret order of monsters that are unique or pure-blooded this is the a-team this is the alpha squad of monsters and for some reason they targeted jupiter hollow as where they wanted to get a foothold in america 
Um, they had had a lot of success in Europe and they moved over to America and the Baskervilles were like, no, we're drawing a line here. Yeah. So Deacon had had kind of been trained by his parents and, and siblings to specifically fight against the children of Typhon. Uh, however, when he was, I think it, probably when he was like, I don't think he's been doing this for long, probably when he was 20 or or maybe 21 even. Mm hmm. His parents and siblings had the opportunity to kind of cut the children of Typhon off at the knee. Mm -hmm. They basically had the opportunity to seal the children of Typhon or the majority of the children of Typhon away at the same time sealing themselves away. Mm -hmm. Deacon was there for that uh, and his family basically pushed him out at the very last moment and told him you are the one in in charge of dealing with everything else like you are the one that has to carry the family name from now on and deacon's training was not was not finished yet he still had a little ways to go i think before his family would have considered him a full-fledged monster hunter he was the youngest member of the family and and um you know, I think his his siblings had just kind of maybe graduated to the final degree uh, or the final ability to be called monster hunters on their own. Their family was sending them out on individual missions uh, without the support of his parents or or grandparents or, you know, cousins. And yeah, so he, he was he was left with the task of dealing with the remaining children of Typhon and the monsters in and around the area of Jupiter Hollow. While the rest of his family, he, he as far as he knows, uh, he will never, ever see them again. They're they are essentially dead. Yeah. Yeah. I think you summed that up pretty well. All right. So do you want to get started? Yeah. I'm going to use my move Destiny's Plaything, uh, which says at the beginning of each mystery, roll plus weird to see what is revealed about your immediate future. On a 10 plus, the keeper will reveal useful details about the coming mystery. On a 7 to 9, you get a vague hint about it. And on a miss, something bad is going to happen to you. Uh, so here we go. <laughs> it's been a while since I was a Monster of the Week player. Uh, let's see. Okay, that is a 9 minus 1, an 8. So I will get uh, a vague hint about the upcoming mystery. Okay, you're running in the woods, you're barefoot, and your heart is pounding in your chest, and you can hear noises of something behind you, and you get, like, all of the hairs on the back of your neck are standing right on end, like you can feel its breath just out of reach of your neck. You run over a hill and trip and fall down that hill, and you land in the creek, and you look at yourself, and it isn't you. It's a local citizen of Jupiter Hollow you know, Emmanuel Nichols. You turn to see what is chasing you, and in the darkness, all you can see are two red eyes and a dark figure leaping down the hill, and you wake up in your bed in a cold sweat. Yikes. What time is it when I wake up? I would say it's just before dawn. Okay. Like, it's... Okay. It's in the twilight hours. I think, honestly, I think this is the time that uh, Deacon usually wakes up. 
Like, I don't I don't think it's unusual for him to wake up around dawn. He immediately like stands up out of bed, like he sits up in the cold sweat, kind of breathing heavily and and like looks around the room and kind of notes the room. Uh, he wants to make sure that he's not still in a dream. I think Deacon, ever since his family sealed themselves away with the children of Typhon, he has struggled to feel like his life is his own and struggled to feel like like this is real. So I think he's had sort of nested dreams before and he wants to make sure that this is this is not one of those. So he he kind of looks around. He sees his his halberd kind of mounted. I think it's like right above the bed. I think it's like on a on a little, you know, uh, holder, like right above the bed, stretched out above the bed, almost like a almost like a scythe, like hanging over his head. <laughs> yeah. So he he kind of stands up tentatively and he's going to kind of like clutch the the sheets and the quilt that his mother quilted him. It's like one of the only gifts he ever got from her. Mm-hmm. The only kind of personal gifts that he got from her. He kind of like squeezes it in his hand. I mean, does he get a sense that this is real? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay cool. Yeah, he he doesn't feel like it's a dream at all. Okay, great. Then I think he stands up, and the next thing we see of him is him training. Like, I think we see him, you know, t- taking the halberd off the wall, walking downstairs. I'm picturing him, like, up on the second floor. Mm-hmm. This is, to be clear, I think he still lives in his family's house. And I don't think he has changed rooms like I think he still lives in his room, even though the master bedroom is now, you know, empty. His 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 uh, siblings bedrooms are empty. I don't think he has bothered to move his belongings. Like, I think there is still some part of him that's like, oh, well, when they come back, they're going to want their rooms. Yeah. And I think his room is is the smallest. So he he grabs his halberd off the wall. And walks outside and just starts kind of like doing his normal like training routine as the sun rises. I think you do this training and while you do it, you hear a scream coming from the woods. Oh, yeah. I mean, he. Hmm. So I, I think the thing that he, that he was taught immediately is like get a sense of the danger and of your surroundings before you charge into anything. So I want to read a bad situation. If possible. Alrighty. That is a six plus one, so a seven. All right, seven to nine. You can hold one. Uh, you can ask, what's my best way in? My best way out? Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? What's the biggest threat? What's most vulnerable to me? And what's the best way to protect the victims? I think what's the biggest threat? I think he's trying to see if someone is screaming, what's causing them to scream? I think it's close enough that you can hear rustling like it sounds like they're being chased. Okay, then he's going to without a second thought, he's going to charge into the woods. He hasn't even put shoes on yet. I don't think I think he's like in in kind of his loose fitting, uh, not pajamas necessarily. But like the thing I'm picturing is like in (laughs) in like the witch If you've seen Mm -hmm. the witch, like the stuff they wear to bed, which are like these kind of loose linen kind of clothes, these kind of light tan uh, things um, with the kind of loose neck. And he just he just charges into the woods with his his halberd. All right. Can you roll act under pressure for me? Sure. 
That is eight plus two. That's a ten. So you're going to get there just in time to see Emmanuel Nichols on the ground and bloody. And standing above him is a werewolf, but it has a sort of brindle coat to it. Okay. And you notice on its neck, it looks like some of the brown brindle looks like another set of eyes on either side of the neck. Hmm. But so far, it hasn't noticed you. It seems more focused on eating out his heart. Oh, shit. Uh, Well, I want to stop that from happening for sure. Okay. I am going to, like, without stopping, I don't, like, stop to take in this situation. I think Deacon, like, immediately kind of analyzes everything that's going on and just, like, leaps at the werewolf with his silvered light halberd. Oh, that's cool. I'm picturing, like, a 300-esque, like, lance leap. Yeah. That's cool. All right, roll kick some ass. Okay. His tough is only one. (laughs) There's only plus one, so we'll see how this goes. That is a seven plus one, so an eight. All right, so you're going to inflict damage on this, but it's going to inflict damage back on you. Okay. How much damage do you do? Let me check. My weapon does three harm magic hand heavy close okay so yeah you come down on this werewolf and your your spear like just goes right into its chest and it howls out and it just grabs you and bites into your neck yikes that's bad yeah you take three harm okay uh sounds good uh i have a question for you yeah so my move that i took is called dutiful which says When your fate rears its ugly head and you act in accordance with any of your fate tags, either heroic or doom, you mark experience. If it's a heroic tag, you take plus one forward. So my tags, my heroic tags are sacrifice and mystical inheritance. And my doom tags are you can't save everyone, no normal life, loss of loved ones and doubt. Yeah, I will say that you're definitely acting on both sides of this. Here's my question. I want to I don't actually like I don't think Deacon is that invested in killing this thing right now. I think he Mm -hmm. wants to try to get himself and Emmanuel away from it. Okay. so what what how is like what's the best? I guess I should maybe roll read a bad situation. Yeah. Okay. because, yeah, he just wants to like he's especially now that he's bitten. Like he's like, oh, okay. I need to take care of that right away. Like I know, I know werewolves. I've studied werewolves. I need to take care of that immediately or, or, you know, something's going to happen to me. Okay. That is an eight plus one, a nine. All right. You get to hold one. All right. My question is, what's my best way out? I think you could probably like keep your weapon like point at this creature and just show that you're standing your ground. Yeah. And when you do this, the creature like locks eyes with you, like it's reading you. And it sees some of the sunlight coming over the ridge and it takes off into the woods. Not particularly comfortable with sunlight. Then I am going to put my arm, like thread my arm through Emmanuel's arms. How well do I know Emmanuel? I don't think you know each other too well. Emmanuel is he's a bit of a drunkard. OK, he he works in the docks and, you know, drinks the night away. 
Okay. So maybe um, I've seen him like I picture I picture Deacon doing like town patrols like at night. Like I yeah. think people assume maybe he also is a drunkard, but it's it's mm-hmm. not him like he doesn't drink. I think I think he's I think he's straight edge, yeah. but he does do just like patrols and maybe he even tr- tries to act a little bit drunk so that he doesn't seem as suspicious. Yeah, yeah. So I'd, I'd say you definitely have you've definitely seen each other around. OK, then, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to thread my my arm uh, like kind of, you know, through his arms and kind of hoist him up and start like heading back to to my house. I think you definitely get there in time. Emmanuel's barely conscious, but he is looking very torn up. OK, has he been so he's been bitten as well? He looks like he's been slashed. Okay, not necessarily. But do I know whether or not a slash would t- also turn you into? Because the, the, I think the thing Deacon knows is that if you get bitten by the werewolf, then you you might turn. There's a possibility for you to turn. But I don't think he knows whether a slash will do it. Yeah, a uh, slash wouldn't do it. You know okay. that much. Okay. Like it has to be like. It's an exchange of like saliva into the bloodstream. Gotcha. Okay, then yeah, Deacon brings him inside. I think kind of like does that thing where where like in movies where he sweeps the stuff from the table. There's like dishes yeah. and like dirty dishes and whatever. He just like sweeps them away with one arm and lays Emmanuel across the table. And then he is going to like one hand on his neck where he was bitten. He's gonna rush over to the basement door and undo the lock kind of like quickly kind of undo the lock uh, and Mm -hmm. stumble down the stairs into the darkness where the majority of the kind of like poultices and magical you know books and artifacts and things are and immediately start trying to brew himself or trying to find some sort of you know recipe for something that will prevent him from turning yeah and i think he he also calls up the stairs he's like don't die on me, Emmanuel. Stay right where you are. Stay right there. I will be I will be right there. Can you roll me a sharp roll? Is this investigative mystery or is this just sharp? Uh, I think we're going with just sharp. Okay, cool. Oof. That is a uh, wait real quick. We should talk about this because I don't think we've established this. Do I have luck? Yeah, I think you'll have two points of luck for this. Okay, so I rolled a five. Okay. Plus one sharp, which would be a six. I really think he does not fucking want to turn into a werewolf. So I'm going to use a point of luck. Okay. Yeah, you definitely have enough supplies for yourself and to make a healing poultice for... Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Thank you. Yeah. So I think you definitely have enough for both. Then I, as as quickly as I can, again, one hand is kind of like trying to stop the bleeding on his neck. So he's kind of like, you know, he's using the other hand. And he's kind of frantic. So he's like knocking over, you know, little jars and things. I think he spills something in this like cloud of acrid smoke kind of puffs up at one point. Um, yeah. But he like very quickly kind of like, you know, grabs a mortar and pestle and pulls down a couple of ingredients, pulls some some uh, drawers open and is, you know, kind of smashing something into a into a, 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 a mush or a poultice uh and he you know kind of grabs it with one hand he like lets go of his wound grabs it from the the mortar and pestle and kind of like slaps it up against his neck and then he you know grabs another handful and charges back up the stairs towards emmanuel whenever you put the the poultice on your neck it burns immediately 
he's like, ah, oh, and he's still like kind of like, you know, rooting around, grabbing this other. I think he, maybe he sees like black coming in his vision a little bit. Yeah. And he like, you know, kind of steadies himself on the table and grabs the the rest of the poultice with his other hand and as quickly as he can charges back upstairs. OK, yeah. Emmanuel's still on the table and he's like. It, it looks like he's he's holding himself like he's trying to keep his skin together. Mm-hmm. Like he's putting pressure on it, obviously. But mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's definitely uh, bloody. I'm just going to start dabbing the the poultice into any of his open wounds that I have. Act- I think I I like lean forward. I kind of like do I have gauze or something? Is there like yeah, is there like cloth? OK, then yeah, I like I think you- I like tie it around my neck. So the poultice is kind of kept up against the wound. Yeah. And then I like reach down and like like rip his shirt open, uh, mm-hmm. like pull it off of him and like pull down his trousers and like like basically so I can get to all of the wounds. And I just start dabbing the poultice into all of his wounds. Uh, roll act under pressure, because I think he, he you he feels you like starting to strip him and he wants to like he's trying to fight you. OK, cool. That is a 10 plus two, a 12. Okay, yeah, he puts up a fight, but I think you're you're definitely stronger than he is. I don't even think it's like strength. I think it is Deacon saying like that thing, that thing you fought out there. We need to do something about these wounds or you're going to become like it. So lay down on the table and let me do this. I know what I'm doing. It was a wolf. I'm not going to become a wolf. It was not. (sighs) It was not a wolf. And he like, you know, is dabs these this stuff into the wounds. Yeah, you dab it on there. But it if it burns, he's not reacting like it does. OK, does he seem drunk? Yeah. Oh, yeah. OK, OK. So is that like, is he not responding because he's drunk or because that is not happening for him? Or can I even tell that? Yeah, I think it's hard to tell because, I mean, he's definitely afraid and drunk. OK, so it's. It's really difficult to kind of place it in, but yeah, he just he fights you for a minute. And then like whenever you start putting it on, he like. It's just too much and he starts passing out. OK, yeah, I think I think that's Deacon is fine with that. He he kind of finishes his work and then runs back down the stairs to get some additional rags or something and comes up and he's like kind of tying the stuff around there. So the poultice is kept up against the wounds on Emmanuel. And the whole time he's kind of like gritted teeth, you know, that that like stinging coming from his neck. He's like like putting pressure on it if he can to try to stop the bleeding. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Time goes by and you you get him pretty well doctored up. Okay. this is the Baskerville house, right? So there's definitely some kind of like. Traps or magical things around the outside of it like there's some kind of sort of runes or salt on the windowsills or something right yeah i i would say it's it's about warded as as well as um an expert's haven haven okay cool do i know do i know whether the wards specifically mention werewolves like do i know if they would be prevented from coming in I don't know. You tell me how how well studied would he be on the house's defenses? So here's the thing. I think I think he has been told how to activate the house's defenses. Like he's been instructed, like, you know, do this, put salt here, like carve this rune here. 
but he has not like I don't think he ever reached the level where they were like, here's here's like exactly what everything does. It was more like it was more like this. These are the defenses and here's how mm-hmm. to use them rather than like, let's talk about what they do, like blah, blah, blah. His, I think his parents were like, this is how you keep monsters out. Yeah. And, you know, I think like maybe their plan for him was that he was going to like read up about this kind of stuff after they were gone. Like they left him. There's probably a whole library down there in the basement. But he's like, number one, I don't think he's really that into reading. Like, I think he I think he prefers to kind of like get into the action and like learn by doing kind of thing. And the other thing is I like there's so much knowledge in those books that I think he's probably tried to crack a few of them and gotten through maybe one or two, but they're so dense and so heavy that like he it's just extremely slow progress. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. I, I think you just don't know if it keeps out werewolves specifically. Okay. I think protection magic was really your dad's forte. Yeah, that would make sense. Deacon is kind of cursed. What, what's his dad's name? I think his dad's name was Giles. Giles. Okay. <laughs> Got to sneak that Buffy in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Then under his breath, he's kind of like, he's not cursing. I, I think he's like, <laughs> I don't think he, I picture him as like a tiny, like, you know, the, the I think the Baskervilles are probably descended from some sort of Puritan kind of like group mm-hmm. or maybe came over alongside them. So I don't think he's like cursing God's name, but I think he is like under his breath being like, I can't believe we never got to the portion where the Giles told me about, you know, this like he's kind of like, you know, talking to himself like, oh, I can't believe they didn't teach me this yet. Yeah, you hear a knock at the door. He immediately grabs that halberd very quickly. He makes sure that the door is locked and then he runs up the stairs and looks out one of the windows on that side of the house so that he can see who's at the door. Okay, I mean, I can tell you who's at the door. It's uh, Ann Oliver. Okay, she she is a um, local girl who not girl, young woman. Okay, who has been she's been coming around to the Baskerville place a lot ever since probably more in the past few years. Okay. does why does she come by? Is there like is there like romance brewing or is this like. Yeah, I think she wants there to be romance brewing. Okay, she she regularly checks in on Deacon and I would honestly honestly say that she probably like brings Deacon food every once in a while. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, does she, how like have I told her about my family or about anything that I do? Probably not, right? Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think Deacon is kind of the type to to share that. No. Unless, yeah, I, I think maybe he is like she's a civilian kind of thing. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like he's like he's like I, I think maybe that's that's the relationship between the two of them, right? Is like mm-hmm. she is his peak into civilian life, into yeah. like normie life, and he he peeks out uh, from this top window and says. Hello, Anne. <laughs> she looks up and smiles at you, um, just grinning ear to ear. She says, hello, Deacon. I, I'm 
I have some business that I'm attending to. Is it is it possible for you to come back later? Yes, I was. Oh, goodness. What? What happened? Tripped. That did you trip on a bear trap? <laughs> Deacon's like, yes, I tripped on a bear trap. That's exactly it's like you're psychic. And. I'm coming in and no, she, no, don't come in. She's trying to open the door. If you want to keep her out, you got to roll manipulate someone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he has one charm, so we'll see. Let's see. That's that's one more than I thought he would. Uh, no, I rolled a four plus one, so a five. I think by the time you get downstairs, she has found her way in. Okay. She like come in through a window or something? Yeah, I don't think you you quite know how she got in, but she's definitely got in. <laughs> okay. Deacon comes downstairs and like, hmm, is is the I'm a, I'm picturing the table like with Emmanuel within sight of the front door. Yeah. Uh, so has, has she seen him already? Yeah, I think she has. I think he, you know, says immediately goes into like saving face mode maybe and says me and uh emmanuel we we got into uh we got into it a little bit last night uh after after we both got home from the bars and um uh you know obviously he took it a little bit more than i did you you can see why i had to lie about the bear trap i didn't want anyone thinking less of emmanuel is is he all right have you called the town doctor uh i was i was about to do we have phones I guess it's the 1890s. We probably have well, phones. Uh, I guess send for the town doctor. I was just about to, but I, I worried that uh, his condition would become less stable if I left. It's great that you're here. You can get you can get the town doctor for me. Yeah, I can. I can definitely do that. Um, gosh, goodness. Um, here, uh, you 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 had a message come in and uh, I thought I'd save the the mailman the trip. And she hands you a letter and she turns around and she she runs off to go get the doctor. Excellent. Deacon is like kicking himself as she runs off. He like in his head, he's like, fuck, I should have said it was an animal attack. It's going to look wild <laughs> that like the doctor's going to come and both of us are going to have these huge like bite marks, slash marks. And my lie that I said was we got into a scrap. You didn't say what you were in a scrap with. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I suppose it's, there's plausible deniability. Yeah. How how long, like, how long is it going to take her to get back with the doctor? Like, how long do I have? I'd probably say you have a good half hour. Okay. Um, I, okay. I imagine the Baskerville place is kind of on the edge of town. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it is like my, my imagining of it is like it was on the edge of town in the 1890s. And then like modern day, it has been completely subsumed by the city. Like yeah. there's just like there's just fucking like a bunch. There's like a subway, like a block from the Baskerville house now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> OK, so he yeah, he hmm, does. I'm trying to think if he opens the letter. Yeah, he's got half an hour. He's going to open the letter and start reading it while he goes downstairs and starts looking up werewolf defenses. Like he's going to try to he's going to try to find some passage about like the defenses and whether they cover werewolves or something like that. Okay. So when you read the letter, it says, dear nephew, I've landed in London. I'm heading home to dispose of the item we spoke of. 
Destroy this letter at your earliest convenience. George McLeod. And Deacon kind of nods to himself. Uh, and and uh, can I talk about what the item is? Yeah. So Deacon sent an item called the Amber Thought with his cousin. Well, his his uncle, quote unquote. It's not his real uncle, but he always called him Uncle George. I think he George was like a member of another monster fighting group mm-hmm. with ties to to more like European areas. Like maybe George is like one of the monster hunting groups that warned the Baskervilles that the children of Typhon were making inroads in America. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, Deacon Deacon kind of like tasked him with taking the Amber Thought back to Europe. Um, he has been kind of like. Well, hang on, I might have to cut this out. We'll see. But he has been spreading out the the objects that his family uh, uh, left him in charge of uh, trying to trying to make sure that they're safe. Yeah. Uh, and he decided probably one of the safest places for it to be is with Uncle George, the, the Amber thought specifically. OK, yeah. Um, cool. Do you want me to roll? Should I roll something to see if I can find anything about these defenses and about the whether they whether they're going to work as a shield against werewolves? Go ahead and give me another sharp roll. OK. Let's see. Oh, yikes. That is a six. Yeah, I think whenever you find a book on it, you've been so stressed out that whenever you look at the book, the letters move. Ooh. Yeah. In like a magical the letters move kind of way or in like a Deacon is not very good at reading and thus the letters appear to move kind of way. I or think they were. Is it not clear? I think this kind of explains why Deacon isn't too keen on reading. Um, I think Deacon's dyslexic. If that's yeah, okay with sure. You. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I also want to say just sort of on that subject and and because we talked about Anne, uh, mm-hmm. to be clear, I think Deacon is gay. OK, I don't think Deacon knows Deacon is gay. Okay. Like, I don't okay. think Deacon has ever devoted enough time to the thought of finding like a partner to realize that that is the case. But yeah. he like he like really appreciates like he loves talking to Anne and like getting this glimpse into like what her life is like uh but Mm -hmm. he's like kind of like not sure what to do with her advances yeah yeah i i think on it like like that mixed in with everything else he has going on like romance is a million miles away from his mind of yeah absolutely he he just can't like he he honestly he doesn't care enough (laughs) to be Mm -hmm. to like investigate that and to be clear like it's the 1890s in america like whatever feelings he has about that, I think he and, and he's like from a, a group of people that were descended from Puritans or somehow related to Puritans. So whatever feelings he has about that, I think he he, you know, locks away in his mind anyway. Yeah, at definitely. least at this point in his life, I, I you know, current currently in uh, Jupiter Hollow in the main campaign. I don't know what he's what realizations he's come to, but. Uh, at this point, his his entire focus is on his mission. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Was there anything else you wanted to try to do 
before the doctor got here? Um, let me see. Well, he hasn't been able to figure out these these defenses. So hmm, does he know enough about werewolves to be like, oh, silver repels them? Yeah. Yeah. He okay. definitely know that he knows silver repair repels them. They have to change on a full moon. OK. And um, that they can voluntary chain voluntarily change, but it's taxing on them to do so. Gotcha. Uh, then he is going. Are, are there any silver like weapons or objects down here in the basement? Um, I think there would be definitely. OK, then he is going to like kind of gather. He's going to make sure to leave one here, but he's going to kind of gather them up and start placing them in the rooms, like in each individual room. Like, you know, maybe there's like a little silver cross that he leaves down here. And in the dining room, he puts like a uh, some sort of silver like plate or knife or something like that. And yeah. there's like a silver a bag of like silver uh, um, uh, bullets that he like sets in the, you know, some other room. He's like making sure that there are silver things everywhere in the house. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that definitely for sure. Just in um, case. Yeah. I think by the time you put in like the last silver item into a room, the doctor and, and burst into, into your home. Doctor, thank thank goodness you're here. Uh, I I assume you heard about the spat. I I didn't give Anne the full details, of course. Uh, I I uh, no offense, Anne. Um, but there was an animal involved. Well, yeah, I can see that. Um, Doctor Marlin says. Doctor Marlin. This is, okay. Yeah, he's like I could see it from the the cut marks on this man. He passed out maybe forty minutes ago. Mm, that's not good hasn't hasn't awoken since i i know some home remedies that and he kind of gestures to the poultice and the the wrappings um but says but i'm no doctor he looks over emmanuel and he says well whatever you're doing it's working um but i think we should move him somewhere more comfortable do you have a spare room of course uh well hang on actually does Deacon consider the other rooms spare rooms? Hmm. I think no. <laughs> I think he said, I think, hmm. I think he shakes his head and he turns to Anne and says, do you have a spare room at your, your house? I mean, yes. And the doctor looks up and he's like, I don't think it's a good idea to move him that far. Um, I was just trying to get him off of your table. And seeing as that you have this large establishment i thought perhaps you may have had a spare room i have uses for those rooms and the doctor i think he just gives you like a long hard stare yeah i think i think deacon is just looking back at him like i think this is in deacon's head this is like an affront like like being like he has preserved the other rooms uh as kind of they were left um and and so like letting another person in one i think i think like really kind of like disturbs him a little bit and he says he can stay here or or the living room um can you take care of him enough that he could be moved to miss oliver's house i i really wouldn't want to chance it um he could do something along the way and i didn't bring my cart so for pity's sake you wouldn't allow him in another room as I've said, Dr. Marlin, the, the rooms have uses. They cannot be interrupted. 
the things what we need to do can be done here or can be done in the living room if you're sure and Anne is is watching from the corner but she isn't saying anything to kind of add one way or the other yeah and by the way Anne's if Anne's been here before she definitely knows there's at least three other rooms yeah but I don't think she would push Deacon to to reconsider yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. But I, I'm just yeah. saying, like, I think she definitely knows that 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 like, I don't know that she's I don't think she's ever been in those rooms. I don't think Deacon would have like I think they're locked. I think Deacon mm-hmm. would have locked those rooms. Uh, but like she definitely like from the even from the outside of the building, it's pretty clear that there's like <laughs> at least three other rooms that just aren't in use. Yeah. 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 I think I can look after him here. Um can I'll you get you ha- anything you need. Uh, wait, I have a variety of, uh, as I said, sort of folk remedies and ingredients that might uh, assist you. I just need a, a needle and some thread. And Deacon nods and, and kind of turns to walk back down the stairs, down to the basement. Uh, Anne calls down to you from the, down the stairs to the basement. She calls, do you have a pillow or something I can use for him? Of course, I'll grab something. Uh, and he grabs a needle and thread and, and, you know, some sort of like, I think like a, a goose down, uh, pillow. Like, I think there's okay. a, there's, I think it has a little bit of dried blood on it from mm-hmm. some long ago event. Uh, but, uh, he kind of like flips it over. So the dried blood is down and brings it upstairs. Yeah. I think they get set up and, um, the doctor gets to working on, um, cleaning and sewing up the wound. Does Deacon stay in the room to watch or... Yeah, I think Deacon is like curious, like, De- I don't Well, hmm. let me ask you this. Do you think mm-hmm. his family would have taught him to sew up wounds? I think so. Okay. I think learning the first aid into it, like, was was definitely a part of it. OK, then, yeah, I think Deacon stays to like oversee and make sure <laughs> like Dr. Marlin is doing a good job. Um, and after a minute, like he notices, like, of course, this guy knows what he's doing. And he kind of like starts kind of tapping his foot and like looking around. Like there's a little bit of like, I think, discomfort with having this many people in his house. Not in a way of like asking them to leave, but he's just clearly like a little uncomfortable. I think Dr. Marlin like gives a look up like whenever you're tapping your foot and he's like, um, actually, I might need a little bit of privacy with this if you wouldn't mind waiting in another room. Of course. Um, Ms. Oliver, can, shall we converse in the yes. living room? Yes, yes. I, I can accompany you there. They, they step into the living room. Deacon says, a shame uh, about uh, Mr. Nichols. I, 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 he seems like a nice man, needs to lay off of the drink a bit, I suppose. <laughs> Quick, Ray, do you know when Prohibition starts? When is Prohibition? I know it's in the 20s. In the 20s. Okay, so it hasn't happened yet. Deacon says, uh, too many, too many good men, um, brought low by the drink. Yeah. And you think that contributed to the animal attack? I'm just saying neither of us were at our best. And why weren't you at your best? I I was, I was drunk. It's clearly a lie. Clearly a lie. (laughs) Yeah. She, she gives you a look. And if this was a telltale game, it would see. And we'll remember that. (laughs) Well, can I look at your and she gestures towards like her neck, mm-hmm. like as if like the same side where you got injured. It is not for the faint of heart. 
and it's doing fine. I just need to continue to apply pressure. And he as if he just remembered that in the moment, Deacon kind of like puts his hand up against his neck. Deacon, I'm imagining Deacon for the last like year has been very self-sufficient, like trying mm-hmm. to trying to learn to be completely independent of other people now that his family is gone. Uh, and so he is just he doesn't quite want like. I think on on a deeper level, he wants to be able to sh- he wants to like take the bandage off and be like, look, at, isn't this horrible? Like this werewolf fucking bit me this morning. But he mm-hmm. knows as soon as she starts asking questions that like. The thing one of the things he likes about Anne is that she doesn't know anything about the supernatural and like her her life is like unblemished by that. And he mm-hmm. can like he feels as though um, if he were to bring her into the fold, he would lose his only connection with like the quote unquote, like real world uh, okay. or, the, or the, I guess outside world. So I think he's really hesitant to like show her anything that would that would indicate, you know, uh, a supernatural um, events. So what what kind of solution did you put on it? Because, I mean, it it smells bad. Um, like, it smells I mean, terrible. Is is that is that wolfsbane? It's wolfsbane, a little bit of um, uh, tarot root, uh, mixture of some things imported from here and there. Some some uh, I believe there is a little bit of um, beaver musk, and he's just kind of like going through the ingredients. Wow, that's uh, it's interesting. I haven't heard of that. It's a home remedy. My my family. Uh, had some experience with remedies such as this working on a farm, you know, of course. Yeah. Um, I suppose so. Uh, well, it's a shame that you got attacked. Um, I was going to invite you to the dance at, uh, Harrington hall tonight. Deacon's eyes kind of like light up a little bit, uh, dance. Um, yes. Uh, is, is the, Offer still on the table? I, I'm I'm well enough. Yeah, uh, you might want to get a scarf or something to cover up your wound, but yes, I I, I would love to see you there. Um, and of course, I think you would it would piss off Peter Harrington, but I think that's that's motive enough. Yeah, Deacon kind of smiles and says, "It is indeed." What what time did you say? It'll be around uh, 6 p.m. Excellent. Um, what 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 does one wear to a dance? Oh, only their best. And uh, he kind of like he's he's kind of like faintly rubbing at the you know the his neck. He's like, what would what would one's best look like? Formal wear: um, suit jacket, shirt. Preferably not one with stains. Deacon's eyes kind of get a little wide and he says, and if one doesn't own anything of that kind, then one might want to take a trip to the tailor before six. Yes. All right. I'll be there. Count, count me in. I, I, I will be there. All right. I'll see you there. <laughs> oh, no, Deacon. One of Deacon's doom tags is no normal life. Mm-hmm. Just just noting that as the the proverbial sword hanging over his head. Yeah, I think the, the he he wants to get into town as quickly as possible. Then given that information, 
I think he definitely grabs, would they, is there like a small silver, like a dagger or something like that? Something that he could pretty easily hide in a. Yeah, I think, okay. I think, I think you probably have a silver dagger that you had in the living room. Okay. I think he looks at his, his weapon, his halberd, the silvered light. I think it's like leaning up against something in the basement and he looks at it and says, grinding his teeth a little bit, maybe. Uh, and he says, you're just too obvious. I. You're just too obvious. And then he he kind of turns and goes up the stairs. And I think we see the light of the metal Mm -hmm. kind of like get a little bit brighter and then quickly and then back to dim as if it's like calling after him. I like that. I really like that. Yeah, I think we can fast forward to the evening unless you have any other scenes that you want to do. No, I think he's immediately like so excited about this. Like he's never been to a dance in his life does not know how to dance but like the idea of going and being amongst more people like Anne and and getting to like being able to forget like so one of deacon's tags is doubt he has been trained since he was young to do this but Mm -hmm. like it's really hard and like he's also in his early 20s like he doesn't only like he know like he has structured his life in a way where there's almost nothing outside of his mission. But like mm-hmm. he wants to be doing stuff that he sees other people doing. He wants to be doing the kinds of stuff that Anne tells him about the 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 parties and, you know, drinking with with Emmanuel. Like, I think he I'm almost imagining his nighttime, um, his patrol started because he just wanted to see what like other people his age were doing yeah. like like and he just noticed them like going to bars and like you know <laughs> hanging out with people and kissing in alleys and like stuff like that and it, part of it is just this longing for for the normal life even even as much as he is strict with himself that he will never have that he he longs for it so i think this opportunity this like okay it's just going to be a couple hours you know I, I'm I'm prepared. I came prepared. I have a silver dagger, you know, no problem. I think he's he's kind of like giving him himself an excuse. He is saying to himself, well, if there's a werewolf on the loose, I need to make sure that the people of the town are protected. And where are the people of the town gathering tonight? The dance. So mm-hmm. if I go to the dance, I will be protecting the people of the town. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I really like that. I think the next thing we see is him like walking into the tailor and the little bell dinging over the door. He's clearly never been in here. The owner, the tailor, Archibald Taggart, sees you and he's like, oh, <laughs> wow, look at you. Uh, you're just nothing but uh, six feet of man, aren't you? I need formal wear. Well, you've certainly come to the right place. Uh, who's the lucky lady? Are we getting married? He, he kind of like Deacon like blinks at him in like without understanding and then says no. Oh, OK. Uh, so then it's just a, uh, uh, a social event, I guess. The dance this evening. Oh, yes. You're you're you a friend of uh, the Harringtons. He smiles and says. A friend. Yes, that's how I would describe my relationship with them. Ooh, yes, yes, okay. Uh, 
please stand on the podium and let me get your measurements for you. I can certainly get you something out by the end of the day. Um, it may be a little extra money um, at the cost, but, you know, to look your best, for um, you let Taggart beat the rest. You You don't just have something I can take? Oh, well, you can have any sort of drab clothes, but, you know, you would be a laughing stock, especially, you know, if your arms were a little too long or too short for your sleeves. I see. And and how much will this cost? Oh, we can discuss that later. Deacon kind of, you know, <laughs> stares him, stares at him. How much will it cost? I think he's going to disclose a price to you, but... I sure. right offhand don't have the inflation prices of the 1890s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got it. But but he knows, like he tells Deacon, right? He's not trying to hide it from him. Yeah, no, he's not okay. trying to hide okay. it. Okay, um, yeah. He'll throw out the number and he's like, but remember, you're not just getting a suit, you're getting a work of art. <laughs> Deacon kind of, you know, smiles despite himself and he reaches into his pocket and pulls out some gold coins and just sets like a handful of gold coins on the counter and says... Will this cover it? Archie's uh, eyes widen at that, and he's like, "Oh, I, I think, I think we, we can manage with this, Def- definitely." Excellent. Yeah, he gets your measurements from you, and he says, "You know, be sure to come by before the the dance, and we can f- suit you up." By the time this this fitting finishes, Deacon is like smiling despite himself, and he says, "Thank you. I, I I'm excited to look my best." Yeah, have you considered a shave and a haircut? I hear they have a special, only two bits. Two bits? What is two bits in gold? Uh, two two bits of, of co- copper pennies. How, what, how does a penny, how many pennies in a gold piece? Uh, that's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say at least a hundred, maybe. A hundred penny? Wait. I just paid you way more than you asked for then. Again, this is not just a suit, though. This is a work of art. And the more you invest in art, I mean, the faster I can get it to you. All right. You think a shave and a haircut would go with my my formal wear? I think you would be the talk of the town. Excellent. And he, he strolls out with a smile, heads towards the barber. And I think after this is done, like af- after the haircut, Deacon kind of stands up and, you know, maybe looks in the little mirror and says, it's so short. Yes, uh, that's the style that they're wearing. Um, you know, people will see you and think you went all the way to Manhattan for this. He kind of like, you know, grabs the back of his hair. He's like used to having, you know, maybe like shoulder length hair. And he kind of mm-hmm. like messes with it and says, it's so short. I think he kind of like wanders around town the rest of the time until the dance, just kind of like keeping tabs on stuff. But he wants to get a flower for Anne. Like, oh, I think yeah. he like, he, you know, the thing he's like, the things Anne has told him is like, oh, yeah, well, when you know, people invite you to the dance, then you get them flowers. And he's like, oh, okay. So, well, she invited me to the dance, so I'm going to get her flowers. Yeah. He he gets her like a, (laughs) I think probably to her sort of bewilderment maybe, or, or maybe like to her joy, (laughs) he gets her a like big bundle of roses. Oh yeah. And just doesn't quite like put together the, the significance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
I think I think he just like goes in there and says that he needs, you know, um, roses because he's going to a dance with with a fine lady. And they're like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you need. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's like, OK, well, this must be what I need. <laughs> Uh, so, she, you know, he shows up at the dance with this, like, just enormous bundle of roses. You walk in and the butler leads you into this actual, like, dance hall that they have because the Harrington house is a little bit where I think the Baskerville Manor is practical. Mm-hmm. The Harringtons are the exact opposite. They're they're lavish. They they have extra rooms and extra spaces, you know, for their own enjoyment. Like, you know, they even have like one of the first indoor pools. Oh, wow. Do they have yeah. do they have electric lighting? Yeah, I would say they even have electric lighting. And wow. like that's part of the appeal of like getting invited to a Harrington dance as you get totally. to see. Yeah, this is the house of the future, the house of the 20th century. Deacon is kind of like mystified at the electric lighting. Like, I think he, you know, he's seen it or he's maybe heard people talk about it, but he hasn't like seen it in person. So he's kind of like walking around, kind of like looking at little sconces and everything and just kind of just kind of like shaking his head in a little bit of wonder. But he's he's going to stop doing that if he sees any of the Harringtons. Why don't you roll actor to pressure for me? (laughs) Okay, let's see. Oh, that is an 11 plus two, a 13. Okay. Yeah, I think you hear Peter Harrington before you see him. And he's just like uh, smoking a cigar, talking to somebody. And he's like, yes, it's a little drafty sometimes. But, you know, um, I hear they're working on some impressive uh, insulation for the house. So we plan to step it up a little bit. Deacon like walks over to towards Peter and whoever he's talking to. He's still got that bundle of enormous roses and says, Peter, I I see that you've installed electric lighting, not worried about being um, killed by it. Please. That's just superstition. But I mean, what else could I expect from a Baskerville? I see you've tried shaving and he like gestures at your neck. Yeah, I I don't uh, I'm trying to think of yeah, Deacon Deacon is wearing a scarf. He's wearing his formal wear and he's wearing a scarf, but his scarf is like was hand knitted by one of his sisters. And mm-hmm. so it is it does absolutely does not match the like level of nice like formal wear. It is like this kind of loose yarny, you know, long mm-hmm. scarf. Uh it is I think it's like purple and orange. Yeah. <laughs> Oof, that's a choice. <laughs> and he just he's like, oh, she said a scarf. So he like wraps this scarf around his neck uh, and and uh, heads out, heads all out on the town. Yeah. Well, um, I'll have you know that I was invited this evening. Oh, and who invited you? Miss Oliver. And have uh, I wasn't aware you two had been courting. <laughs> we aren't courting. She invited uh. me to the dance. So she's available then? No, uh, we have been courting. In fact, we actually ha- I, I misspoke. We have been courting. Oh, have you or haven't you? I mean, can can you decide? Do you even know? I know and I know that, yes, we have. We have been courting and that's why she is no longer available. Not not for you anyway. Oh, I don't think you realize this. Everything is available to me. <laughs> Deacon Deacon walks up, walks up close to him, like very close to him and just plucks the cigar out of his hand 
and just puffs on it once and then puts it back in his fingers. <laughs> he, he grins and he's like, enjoy the dance for as long as you can. You as well. Be warned, there's um, animals on the loose in town. Oh, yes, and I've heard there's a uh, animal loose in here. A Baskerville? <laughs> I think, like, <laughs> I don't think Deacon likes the Harringtons, but largely because of old family feuds. Mm -hmm. I do think he thinks Peter is attractive. Like, he, he's, there's this weird thing where he's like, they're bad and I don't like them, but also that dude's kind of hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, he's not focusing on that and doesn't know what that what that like even means. But there is like a weird, you know how you know how kids like sometimes the the other kid that they like the most is the one that they like are meanest to. Yeah. Like, oh, I yeah. think that's what Deacon has with Peter. Yeah. And I I would almost caution to say it may be a mutual thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. While you're walking around, I think. You eventually find Anne and she's she's speaking with a few of the other women who are there and then she sees you and like her whole focus like changes like her body just shifts and she's just looking directly at you. She's gorgeous. She's wearing like like a, a ball gown. Deacon kind of like doesn't strike a pose, but kind of gestures to himself with the roses and is like formal wear. <laughs> she she gives a uh, fake applaud. And she's like, you certainly do clean up nice. He, he kind of smiles a little bit and, hand, you know, thrusts the roses <laughs> towards her. Oh, are, are these for me? Yes. Uh, you invited me to the dance. So as is only proper. And she gestures at one of Harrington's butlers and says, can you find these some water for me and, you know, set them aside? I, I would hate to see them, you know, die before their due time. He, he kind of, you know, not, you know, hand, turns, hands them to the butler and, and it, he, he kind of looks between the other women she's talking to and says, I'm not interrupting, am I? Well, one of the women's like, well, actually, and then Anne's like, no, you're not interrupting at all. Um, <laughs> I was I was waiting for you. Oh, um, so when does the when does the dancing begin? Do we dance? Do we. When does that happen? Well, there's a little socializing at first, and but the dancing goes started as soon as the uh, uh, orchestra starts playing something with a little more of a beat. Well, he, he kind of looks at the other women. I'm Deacon Baskerville. Oh, you're the Baskerville one, are you? Yes. Um, and you know Anne? You two know Anne? Miss, Miss well, Oliver? Yes. yes, we're the best of friends best of friends and it's like we've met he's just completely at a loss for words of like what to talk about like he he's like what is what was the last conversation he had with Anne? like before all of this happened oh mercy like what was she, the topic it may have been mentioning about the harrington's getting electricity i think it's a, a okay. recent development then yeah then i think he is he's like the the electricity is wonderful it's uh quite quite uh, impressive, especially considering the um, otherwise gaudy taste. He's just parroting exactly what Anne told him. <laughs> the the other women start laughing. 
gaudy taste. I, I would definitely describe that as a, a Harrington trait. Yes. Uh, well, and, you know, Peter, um, and he kind of looks at Anne like, help, help me. Yes, the lights are, are rather enlightening, but uh, poor Peter, he stays up later with these lights and he has no idea what to do. And the other women just just laugh and uh, <laughs> and says, well, if you'll excuse us, I don't want uh, I don't want uh, Deacon to get overwhelmed too fast. Yes, of, of course. I'm uh, yes, I'm not. And then he's like dragged away by Anne as he starts to say, like, I'm not overwhelmed. Yeah, she'll just take it by the arm and like lead him off and make it look as natural as possible. <laughs> uh, he, he goes along with her. I think she leads him out, out to the balcony at the back of the house. Okay. You know, I've, I've really appreciated um, our time together these past few years. Um, I know losing your family has been hard on you. He nods enthusiastically and says, yes, I, I can't tell you what it has meant to me, you checking in on me and, and telling me about your life. Uh, yeah, I've... I've lost a lot of family lately, too, and um, I've really, it's been nice seeing you, and I think we've come to a lot of understanding about each other. Yes, agreed. Are you going to date Peter? Peter? Why do you ask that? He was asking after you. He, he there seemed to be some... He said he could get anything he wanted, and I... He implied that you were one of those things. Mm. So I am certain that he would think so, but do you really think me so shallow? I don't understand how this process works. Well, typically, in the most casual case, you would talk to my father about courting me, or I suppose... Peter would if he would wish to, but I'm of the opinion that I should make my own choices. Deacon, like, you know, again, like kind of nods enthusiastically and says, yes, everyone should be free to make their own choices. I, I just, I don't, I don't know. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. I I was honestly a little afraid you wouldn't show up. I wouldn't miss it for anything. Anything. There, 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 nothing could prevent me from being here. Even um, the scuffle you got into? Deacon kind of like waves his hand. He's like, it, it was nothing. I... I I'm bandaged up. I, I will live. I'm glad to see that. You know you don't have to live alone. Who would I live with? Well, I mean, I could always um, keep you company. I think we, we would do very well together. He kind of like leans his head to one side and the other and says, I appreciate your company, Miss Oliver. But I don't think that I don't think that our life together would be what you thought it was. I think I could definitely surprise you. 
I don't want you to surprise me. I, I, I like things how they are. I'm, I'm happy with your friendship. And I'm happy with your friendship. And it's something precious to me. There are things about my life and that would not... There are things I would rather see you not be involved with. Deacon. There are things about me that I wish you were involved with. He kind of like... Uh, this is too this is so much pressure for Deacon. Deacon is like <laughs> Deacon is like freaking out right now internally. He says, I think that maybe coming here was a mistake. It might have been, but I'm glad you came because I've been alone for so long. And, you know, when I first met you, I hated you. I hated you because of who you were and what you represented. But getting to know you, I realize you're just tortured. You're tortured just like I am. Different reasons, but we're both bastards of battle, and the last remnants of people like Peter Harrington will never understand. So Sam, as the player, is mm. like, "Oh shit, she's involved with some shit. She's involved with like the children of Typhon or something." Deacon, mm. as the character is not putting that together. Like th the only conversations he and Anne have ever had are about how normal her life is. And he mm -hmm. has like put her on this pedestal of believing that she, that like she is like the ideal of like normal life to him. So the, the idea that she's in, that she would be involved with anything supernatural is so like foreign and antithetical to how he thinks about her, that it is not even crossing his mind. Yeah. So he, in response to her, just kind of shakes his head sadly and says, I think we're different. And I have yeah. things that are asked of me that you could not imagine. And maybe I've let our friendship get in the way of those things. I, I'm sorry. I, I think I should go. Deacon, it doesn't have to be that way. I've been asked of a test that now I find unrealistic, but I, I think there's a third option for us, a way out of things. I don't know what your parents have told you, but I know what mine have told me. And I didn't want it to happen this way. And the camera pans up 
to clouds that are moving out of the way of the full moon. And its light shines down on her. And if Deacon is watching her, he'll notice her beginning to change. I think after Deacon's last line, he started to walk away with his back to her. Like he started to walk back inside off of the balcony. Okay. So I think I think during this this transformation, Deacon has his back to her and does not see what is happening. Yeah. Do you want Deacon to get inside before she's fully changed? Or do you think he would see her reflection in uh, one of the windows? No, I, I don't think he sees her reflection. I think he's got tears in his eyes. So okay. he he opens the door and steps inside and and starts make starts making his way through the party towards back towards the front entrance. And he like pulls off the, the scarf and like is just carrying it now. And it is just looking like completely dejected. Like his own, he's, he's like, oh, my only friend only wants to be around me because she thinks that I'm going to be her beau. And like, I, I, that's like, that can never happen. This is Deacon leaning into his doom, uh, which is no normal life. This is him like realizing like, oh, I, I can't be a part of this. This is not for me. So I want to use my move here. When your fate rears its ugly head and you act in accordance with any of your fate tags, you mark experience. Can I, yeah. can I do that? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. Do I mark experience for that battle with the werewolf earlier, by the way? Yes. Okay, cool. He's one from leveling up then. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, he's he's not like he has not looked back. He is he is making his way through the throngs of people towards the front entrance. Before you reach the entrance, you hear the howl of a wolf and it echoes loudly through Harrington's halls. He spins on his heel to see and immediately he spins on his heel and pulls that silver dagger from his cloak and he's holding it like backhand. You hear somebody laugh loudly and they're like peter i didn't know you had hounds <laughs> and peter's face is white as a sheet and he's like i i don't deacon like overhears this and immediately i'm gonna read a bad situation this yeah. is like deacon immediately is dropped back into the chosen mode exactly yeah yeah that is eight plus one so nine all right, you hold one. Are there any dangers I haven't noticed yet? Yeah, I think you hear people begin to scream and charge downstairs into the ballroom. And coming down the hallway is this large brindle-coated werewolf. You can see it still has like the wound from where you stabbed it this morning. Hmm. Deacon sets his jaw. He wants to look around. What does the area he's in look like? Yeah, it's a lavish ballroom. There's a small band playing in the far corner, basically the opposite side of the room of the werewolf. And there is a decent sized crowd of people. It's definitely like some of the more wealthy names in town. Okay. Yeah, gaudy decoration. I mean, there's chandelier. And I think there's like a painting of the Harrington founding family on, on one of the walls. Okay. Deacon is going to like lead the werewolf away. He does, for, for the record, for the like... Uh, you know, from from his perspective, he still doesn't know this is Anne. Yeah. And so he's going to kind of like start waving and like raising his hands over his shoulders and waving and saying, 
This way, this way, come on, come on, this way. I think this is a protect someone. Okay. That is a nine plus one, a 10. All right, so on a 10 plus, you choose an extra. You suffer little harm. All impending danger is now focused on you. You can inflict harm on the enemy or you hold the enemy back. All impending danger is focused on me. Yeah, I think the werewolf sees you and like it's growling deeply at you and it's focused and my dog was just barking i kind of hope we got that on record so (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna try to lead it out the front of the of harrington hall okay yeah roll act under pressure okay that is an eight plus two a ten so yeah you run through and this crowd just kind of parts away from around you and normally like harrington would have some cutting remark but I think he's just shocked at what the sight he sees is. Yeah. And this werewolf is just barreling after you. You can feel the hairs on the back of your neck stand on end. And it feels like it's so close. It is breathing down your neck. Okay. I want to try to get to Baskerville Manor. Is is Harrington Hall close at all? Yeah, I would almost say there may be a few houses like buffered in between. Okay. But if you run quickly, I think you could make it. Okay, yeah, I'm going to try to like because I know I don't have my weapon with me. I just have this silver dagger and like that's good for like fending this thing off. But to deal Mm. with it and I think he thinks he needs to deal with it now. He he he's like, I have to get my weapon, not to mention which he's hoping that the wards and things around the house he's like hoping and praying that werewolves are included in them so he's gonna Uh, just book it for the manor okay i'm gonna give you two options you can run and i'll make you do two act under pressure rolls to see if you can make it okay or can steal a harrington horse and i'll only give you like one act under pressure for that he definitely steals the harrington horse a hundred percent steals the harrington horse (laughs) I love it. I think I think you make your departure like through the stables and you just like steal like their prize stallion. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, is this so this is another act under pressure? Yeah. Okay. Is this to steal the horse or to make it to the manor? I think it's to make it to the manor. Okay. So I'm just going to give you the horse. Great. He's he's astride horseback and he's like looking over his shoulder every now and again to see if the that the werewolf is still following him. Okay. That is a 10 plus two. Awesome. Yeah. That plus you, two cool, man. That's great. Yeah. You you like take off on this horse and you're like leaping over fences and cutting through yards. And this werewolf is barreling past, like just following you. And almost like it's it's determined, like as if you personally have slighted it. Yeah. And it probably helps that this horse is terrified yeah. that it's being tased by a giant <laughs> werewolf. And so it's it's like, you know, booking it as well. And uh, yeah, you get to the Baskerville Manor like no problem. OK, uh, I'm, I'm going to try. I mean, do I have time to like open yeah, the door th- and shut it behind me? Or is it like, do I need to like try to jump in through a window or something? I, I think you've definitely like because you got a 12. Yeah. I'll say like you've you've gotten some good space between you and the werewolf. Okay. Okay. Cool. But it is definitely like still following. Okay. Then I'm going to I'm going to charge inside, pull open the door, slam it closed behind me, lock all of the like locks that are on it. Um, mm-hmm. Just check you know visually check the windows to make sure they're closed, and then I'm gonna like 
head for the basement stairs, but I definitely redid the lock on the basement stairs before I left. So I think like the what we see is like Deacon runs in, slams the door behind him, checks the windows, then runs to the basement door and is like fumbling with the lock. Okay. Yeah. So you like slam and like rush in and Emmanuel jerks up from the table and he's like, what the hell is going on? Deacon grabs the dagger and like slides it towards him across the floor and says, defend yourself. It's back. Yeah. He grabs it. He's like, all right. While you're fumbling with this lock, you hear the sound of nails dragging across like the siding of your house. Yeesh. Yeah. Outside the window, like you can see the werewolf is looking at you. Okay. Do I get the lock open? Roll me another act under pressure. Okay. One of these has got to be a failure. Oh, it was this one. That is a three plus two. That is five total, which means I do level up, but that is a complete failure. Okay. This werewolf bursts through the window and you've learned the warding doesn't protect against werewolves per se. Shit. Or at least not this werewolf. Yeah, the werewolf wants to come down and, like, claw at you. But Emmanuel, like, stabs it from behind and it, like, howls out in pain. Yeah, I think it just drags its claws across his chest and sends him flying. <sighs> okay, so my so it seems like my choices are go help him or get downstairs and get my weapon. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, I am going to use my dutiful, one of my dutiful tags. This is another doom one, which is you can't save everyone. And I'm going to pull the door open and storm down the stairs. Okay, yeah, mark experience. I'm going to hold the move that I've taken as my level up, if that's okay. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll just tell you when it becomes relevant. Yeah, you run downstairs and you get your weapon and you hear the final death cries of Emmanuel Nichols. If I know he's dead, there's only one entrance to the basement, right? I assume. Yeah. OK, then I'm I'm going to stay down here. If I okay. if I know he's dead, I am go I'm going to level my weapon at the staircase and just like basically prepare for this thing to come down here. Yeah, I think there's a bit of like Sam Raimi-esque amount of blood leaking through the floorboards. Yeah. And that's kind of how you have it confirmed. And in the darkness, you can see two glowing red eyes at the top of the stairs looking down at you. Well, come on then. It's going to leap down at you. Okay. Here's what Deacon is trying to do. So I'm imagining that it's a werewolf, right? So it doesn't... It, its moves are probably all within either intimate or hand range. And my weapon, my halberd, has close range, which means it ostensibly I could keep it at bay. Like I could keep it far enough from me that it couldn't hit me. So that's what Deacon is going to try to do, is like keep it far enough away that it can't get him. Okay. This is kick some ass? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> that is a 10 plus one and 11. All right. You choose one extra effect. I want to. I want to force it where I want it and where I want it is close range, so it can't it can't reach me, basically. Yeah. OK, so it leaps down and you 
thrust your weapon upward and it catches it in the chest and the werewolf is swinging wildly for you Mm -hmm. and it stops and like looks at you and opens its mouth and it fires a magical energy blast like the the lines of its brindle coating light up (gasps) okay and it fires at you fucking godzilla werewolf yeah okay all right i assume this is act under pressure to avoid no this is a part of the kicks of ass because you both exchange harm to each other yeah so it surprises you by launching this ball of magical energy okay um it's it's a purple flame and it hits you and it feels like it burns your soul and you're gonna take one damage and ignore armor Oh, shit. Okay. Well, the move I took. So just for reference, the move I took is invincible, which is I always count as having two armor. So that's tough. That's tough. That's pretty tough to hear that it ignores armor. Okay. Is there something around here? Like, is there some sort of chain or something that I could use to tie its mouth shut? Yeah, I think you would have some iron chains. Okay, I want to try to I want to try to tie its mouth shut. Like I want to prevent it from doing this again. Okay, Romy, act under pressure. Okay. Oh no! Oh wait! Oh, saved by my cool. That is a seven. Uh, right. It's a five plus two. I'm gonna give you a worse outcome, hard choice, or price to pay. Okay. So I think you do manage to get this chain around its mouth. But it's going to cut your spear like it's going to slice it in half. So you lose the uh, the range. OK. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, I, 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 you know, swing this chain and wrap around its muzzle and, you know, yank it down towards the floor and yeah. it like leans forward and, you know, slashes at me and catches my weapon. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. think that's exactly how it goes down. It, your weapon just like snaps in half. Okay. Well, the bad news for the werewolf is that now it's given me two weapons. (laughs) I'm going to try to kick some ass again. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. That's a four total. So three plus one. It closes the gap between you and it bites you again on the neck. Oh, it aims for the same. It aims for my neck again. Yeah. God, Uh, I will say you you did heal one earlier. One of you put on that healing poultice. Oh, okay, good to know. So this bite, I will only take one because I now have two armor. Right. I imagine, by the way, I imagine that is Deacon when he stormed down the stairs, grabbing some armor off a shelf and like quickly like pulling it on. Okay. yeah, that works. But I think it also pushes you back against the wall. And you hear some ingredients shatter. Okay. Yikes. Uh, So just for context, I'm at five out of seven harm. (sighs) Okay. And it pushes me back. Can I still attack it? Can I try to hit it again? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. I think it's got your, your weapon sticking out of its chest. So you could like pull it out and do another attack. Okay. I am. Hmm. Here's a question. So one of my heroic tags is mystical inheritance. Is there Mm -hmm. something in this room that I could use to attack it that would count as using my mystical inheritance? Because if I do that, I get a plus one to my roll because of dutiful. Mm. 
No, because you took out your silver weapons across the house. Oh, yeah. Wait, I left one in here, though. I left one in every room. I think I left a cross in here. Oh, okay. Okay, then yeah. Yeah, I think I think you find this cross and could use it like a dagger. Okay, I'm going to try to attack this thing like the cross is a dagger then. Okay. <sighs> that is a seven. A six plus one. Yeah, you definitely like use this cross and you stab into it, inflicting one harm. And I think it's going to try to claw you. So it's going to do three harm. I am only going to take one because of my armor, which leaves me with one harm left. Does the silver seem to do anything extra? Like, does it do? Does it appear especially harmed because of the silver? Yeah, like I would say like it is it is near death. OK, OK. It's tit for tat, like in the same harm box as you like as a fan of your character. I'm letting you know that. Like, OK, yeah, I mean, uh I'm trying to think of something more interesting than just I attack it again. But like. I know what I do. I know what I want to try. Okay. Deacon has never been good at magic, Mm -hmm. but here's my argument. One of my mystical inheritances is the house Uh and is the ward surrounding the house. I want to try to cast a spell that puts werewolves back on the menu. That, that makes the wards activate against werewolves. Okay. Roll use magic. Okay. Here we go. I have a minus one to weird. Oh, oh, but I'm using my, wait, but I'm using my mystical inheritance. So I get a yeah, plus so one, which means it's just a flat roll. Yep. Okay. That is a nine. All right. You got to choose a glitch. The effect is weakened. The effect is of short duration. You take one harm, ignore armor. Uh, magic draws immediate unwelcomed attention, or there is a problematic side effect. If I take one more harm, I die. So I'm going to choose there is a problematic side effect. Okay. Yeah, you activate this rune, maybe like while you two are staring each other down. I, I picture it as like the this werewolf has forced me and has forced me up against a wall. But what she doesn't realize is like there's there's runes like carved into the wall and Deacon looks over and recognizes one of the runes. And just with a bloody smile, he just reaches over and slams his hand on one of the runes, like pushing the brick back into the wall, basically. OK, there's a white light as the runes light up and you and and go flying out of the basement like out of the house probably through like a basement window or something and you both land on the ground outside the werewolf isn't moving and whenever you look up at it it begins shrinking losing this shape that it had and you recognize the form that it's laying there is Anne Oliver. Oh, I mean, Deacon is. Deacon, as it begins to transform, there is this there is this. Pulling in his chest, there is this like realization that is happening even before it fully transforms back into Anne that is like. She showed up right after the thing with Emmanuel. She was there at the party and I didn't see her in the crowd of people like 
she was talking like he he's recontextualizing in this moment that entire conversation they had on the balcony as the her form is beginning to look more and more human and he's just like he's not yet realized the 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 price that he paid which is like that house is he can't ever go in that house again uh because he's now a werewolf but he's like crawling towards Anne and just sobbing just like sobbing crying and crawling towards her and before he can make it to her i think he he falls unconscious from his wounds in your unconscious state i think it it comes off as a dream but almost too realistic to be a dream and you're there with Anne, and you're standing in a cave at an embankment. Anne looks to you, and she smiles a bit, and she's like, Deacon, this isn't how I wanted this to go. But kind of looking back, I don't see it going any other way. Who are you? What did you do? What did you do to me? Where am I? <sighs> Your life just got a whole lot longer. You've just become so much more special. No. I guess this is the only way that our... F My family, the children of Typhon, and your family, the Baskervilles, could ever really reach a true parlay, a true peace. No. You're no. both now. You no. are... The last head of the Cerberus and the last of the children of Typhon. He, Deacon just like falls to his knees and, and is just like everything he's, he has just failed at everything he was ever taught to do. He has just become the enemy. He has just lost hope for any sort of future for himself or for the Baskerville name. Like, I, I think in this moment, he he has like, he's realized the magnitude of of what was asked of him and the magnitude of his failure. And it just crushes him. And puts her hand on his back and she's like, I know it. It feels like you've lost everything, but. You've gained a whole new world. And you hear kind of lapping in the water. Deacon looks up at what the noise is coming from. There is a robed skeletal figure pushing a fairy to the edge of this cave. And he holds his hand out for Anne. And she just looks down at you and says... It's going to take some time, but learn to accept yourself because people are going to need you. And she takes the ferryman's hand and I don't think Deacon has let go of her hand. Mm. Deacon, you have to let go. You ruined everything. I saved you. Deegan, you, you have to let me go. You have ruined my life. 
my family, our name. You have taken everything from me. And he is starting to transform. Yeah. And I think whenever you transform, you also have that brindle coating and the lines light up. What color does it look like? I think it's... I think it's the same color that his weapon gives off. I think it's like this kind of silvery white light. Yeah. The ferryman, quote unquote, sees you assume your Cerberus form and it lets go of Anne and drifts away. Deacon is going to hold. Like Deacon wants to prevent her. She she is clearly like going to some sort of promised afterlife, Mm -hmm. like some sort of like heaven. And Deacon is not going to let her go. Like Deacon refuses to let her ascend to some plane where she will be rewarded for what she's done to him. Yeah. And I think Deacon has just learned one of his abilities as the Cerberus, and that is preventing spirits from moving on. What does Anne's facial expression look like as she realizes that she is trapped here? Like, as she realizes she will never make it to heaven or, or, or what, the, you know, the underworld, the, the place that she has always been promised. What does her face look like? She's got, it's a mixture of fear and anger, and she is just pulling as hard as she can to get away from Deacon. As tears, you know, roll down his now wolf-like features, there is just this smile that appears on, on Deacon's face as she struggles to kind of leave. And he says in words that are somewhat human and and somewhat guttural, he says, you and I, we're bonded now, Anne. There will be a union of our families, and it will be a union that traps us both here forever. You will never leave this place not as long as i am alive you will never go anywhere and next time on two dollar creature feature (laughs) (laughs) thank you so Uh, much sam for doing this that was great that was super fun yeah I, i enjoyed it All right. Well, um, if you're listening to this, then you're a patron and we just want to say thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you so much. Hey, hey, seriously, that is so cool of you. You are awesome. Thank you so much for supporting independent podcast creation. It's like the only way that we get to upgrade new equipment, that we get to pay people to do art, that we get to do any of that. Like like it is your donations that are making that difference. So thank you. Yes, thank you. All right. Well, I think that's it for us. I have been Sam Richardson. You can find me on Twitter at Laggardson, L-A-G-G-A-R-D-S-O-N, and producing uh, the other mainline episodes of the show. Yep. And I have been Mr. Ray, and you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Ray RPG with a space between Mr. and Ray and RPG. And I have been the keeper and co-producer, I think is is the title we we settled on. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we will see you next time, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.